Hey everyone, I'm CNN's Zachary Wolf, in for David Chalian. I write the What Matters newsletter for CNN. This is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Wednesday, December 21st. The year is ending with a bang here in Washington, D.C. Lawmakers are going to start winding down the 117th Congress, but they've got a lot less to do, and a surprise guest is making this feel like a very busy news week. The Democratic-led House is rushing to wrap up the investigation into the insurrection last year. They've decided to release former President Trump's tax return data before Republicans take control next month. But the surprise visit has everyone stopped in their tracks. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is paying a risky visit to the White House in Capitol Hill. It's the first time he's left Ukraine since Russia invaded earlier this year. Zelensky said he's in Washington to thank the American people for their much-needed support. First of all, I really, all my appreciations from my heart, from the heart of Ukrainians, all Ukrainians, from our nation, strong nations, all the appreciation to you, first of all, Mr. President, for your big support. And very important to Zelensky is a new Patriot missile battery. He's wanted this advanced missile system for a long time. He says they need it to protect Ukraine's infrastructure, things like the power grid that Russia has been taking out as it's gotten a lot colder. White House National Security official John Kirby spoke earlier about why President Joe Biden wanted this visit to happen. As we approach winter, as we enter clearly and have been in a sort of a new phase in this war, uh, Mr. Putin's aggression, that this was uh, a good time for the two leaders to sit down face to face and talk about not only what the United States is doing now and will continue to do going forward, uh, but how we eventually try to work towards what President Zelensky has called uh, a just peace. Zelensky met with Biden earlier today, and that's where Biden announced that nearly $2 billion in additional security assistance to Ukraine. That includes that Patriot missile battery. He'll then head to Capitol Hill to address lawmakers later tonight. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle are excited to hear from Zelensky. Here are Senate leaders Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell. It's always a high honor to welcome a foreign head of state to Congress, but it's nearly unheard of to hear from a leader who is fighting for his life fighting for his country's survival, and fighting to preserve the very idea of democracy. I look forward to welcoming President Zelensky to the Capitol and to hearing from the Ukrainian people's elected leader at a critical moment in their struggle for their safety and their sovereignty against Russia's unhinged aggression. Zelensky is expected to head back to Ukraine shortly after the joint meeting of Congress, so he'll only be in D.C. for a couple of hours. It was also probably important for Zelensky to come address Congress now before Republicans take control next month, because while most Republicans are supportive of U.S. aid to Ukraine, there is a growing voice inside the caucus that wants more oversight and a lot more scrutiny of what the U.S. is giving to Ukrainians. There is probably going to be a packed house for Zelensky's speech, but not all lawmakers wanted to stick around. That's because of the major winter weather that's going to hit a lot of the U.S. Lawmakers had wanted to finish up this massive spending bill and get out of town by Wednesday, but it doesn't look like they'll be able to. That omnibus bill has been delayed for months, and lawmakers were trying to pass it at the last minute. The government's set to shut down on Friday. They have some time to do it before then. We broke down a lot of the specifics on yesterday's episode if you haven't listened already. 
Leaders on Capitol Hill had been trying to pass the omnibus in the Senate by tonight and in the House tomorrow, but there's some question about when it can get through the Senate. I urge my colleagues not to stand in the way of moving this process forward. Nobody wants a shutdown. Nobody benefits from a shutdown. This bipartisan package is chuck full of good news for our kids, our veterans, our small businesses, and even for our democracy. I mentioned it's not just the end of the year that's putting a fire behind Congress. It's also the changing of power. We're in the last few weeks of Democratic control in the House before Republicans take over. That means Democrats are trying to push out key committing findings in the next few days. One thing that got a delay was that the January 6th committee had been supposed to release its final report today. But late in the afternoon, the committee announced it would hold off a day meaning that the final January 6th report will come out on Thursday. The committee gave an overview of its findings earlier this week when it voted to refer former President Donald Trump on criminal charges. I have no doubt that once the investigation uh, proceeds and is concluded, if the evidence is as we presented it, I'm convinced the Justice Department uh, will charge former President Trump. Uh, No one, including a former president, is above the law. But this report could kick off a whole new era for federal investigators who've been itching to see the nuts and bolts of what the committee learned in thousands of hours of testimony, transcripts of text messages, emails, and a lot more. The House Ways and Means Committee, on its way out the door, has decided to release former President Donald Trump's tax returns. There was some question about whether the committee would release these tax returns. They got them only a few weeks ago after a years-long court battle. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court. There had been some question about whether they had enough time to do much oversight between getting the tax returns in November and losing control of the House in January. And essentially what they've decided to do is just release the information to the public. And what we've learned from Trump's tax returns so far, everybody's still pouring through them. It's pretty eye-opening. The committee concluded the IRS failed to audit Trump's taxes while he was in office. The IRS is supposed to audit the president every single year. That's actually written into the law. Here's the committee chairman, Richard Neal. The tax forms were really never audited. And only my sending a letter at one point prompted sort of a uh, rearview mirror Uh, response. I emphasize again that the mandatory program, it was almost non-existent. The committee also put out an analysis from the nonpartisan Joint Committee on Taxation. It says that Trump paid no federal income tax in his last year as president after reporting a loss of almost $5 million. The former president paid just $750 dollars in taxes for 2017, his first year as president. His income ballooned in 2018 and 2019, and so did his tax bill. Still, for someone who brags about being a billionaire, for him to have been president of the United States for an entire year and not have to pay any federal income tax is a pretty remarkable thing. The way he did it is that in 2020, he used previous reported losses from over the years to zero out his tax liability. It's probably legal under the law. Things are a little bit squirrely, especially for real estate investments. That means he went from paying more than a million dollars in federal income tax in 2019 to absolutely nothing in federal income tax in 2020. There is a response from 
former President Trump, his spokesperson accused House Democrats of playing politics for moving to release the returns to the public. And Republicans, we should also note, think this sets a dangerous precedent, even though Chairman Neal said it was never about being punitive. Here's how the top Republican on the committee, Congressman Brady, put it yesterday. No party in Congress should have that power. After nearly half a century, the political enemies list is back in Washington, D.C. And we worry this will unleash a cycle of political retribution in Congress. We should also note here that it does set an interesting precedent for members of the House to release an individual's tax returns. But Trump, while he wasn't required to under law, broke sort of, you know, major political precedent of recent years. But as a candidate and president, Trump said he wouldn't release his tax returns because he was under audit. I'm under audit. When you're under audit, you don't do it. But I'm under audit. I'm under a routine audit and it'll be released. And as soon as the audit's finished, it'll be released. It's under audit. They've been under audit for a long time. The IRS does not treat me well. And I think after seeing this report, we have an idea why he didn't want to release his tax returns. The other big thing that's happening that's politics related is not happening in Washington. That's because lawmakers have completely failed to do anything about Title 42. This is the controversial Trump-era border restriction. One federal judge had said it was not needed anymore. The Supreme Court kept it in place temporarily. It could end at any moment. Yesterday, the Biden administration told the Supreme Court that the court should overturn the policy. Even as it asked the court to overturn the policy, the Biden administration seemed to indicate it needs more time to prepare for the end of this policy until at least December 27th. That's incredible considering everybody's known this was going to end. Title 42 has allowed border officials to immediately turn away migrants at the southern border in the name of preventing COVID-19. But it's become a de facto permanent immigration policy. It's this weird duct tape policy we have in this country where President Trump's CDC wrote something to respond to COVID that was kept in place even under duress by the Biden administration. And now it's at the whim of the Supreme Court. This is a real failure by Congress that stretches over a generation where they've failed to fix immigration policy. If you're interested in that, I wrote a lot more about it in my What Matters newsletter yesterday. That's it for this podcast today. A lot of the stories we've talked about have more to come. Zelensky's speech to Congress will be something that a lot of people are talking about tomorrow. Keep an eye out for what he says to lawmakers. Title 42, that could be ending at any time. And Congress still has to pass that spending bill. So stay with us at the Political Briefing Podcast. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii.